Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little boy named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Canada, and I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. Thanks for supporting us for the past 100 episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page, where you can find out how you can join us for our monthly patron webinar, where we do a deeper dive discussion about all things perimenopause. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Dr. Louise Parashode, and she's going to be talking about why we need to exercise and maybe differently than when we did in our 20s in perimenopause and beyond to support not only our physical health, bone health, preventing muscle mass loss that occurs as we age, but to also boost our mood, support the transitions that our hormones are going through and just have a better quality of life. And Dr. Louise is a very interesting guest. She does have a background in chemistry. So she did though found Neuromotion Wellness in 2016, leveraging a PhD in chemistry and her passion for movement. Beyond her academic accomplishments, Dr. Louise is a certified personal trainer and bone fit instructor. She's passionate about helping people move and feel better using exercise. Dr. Louise specializes in helping women over 50 feel better and live more fulfilling lives using exercise. She uses science to help educate and guide her clients through safe and effective exercises so they can feel more confident in their bodies. She focuses on strengthening the body and stimulating the brain to make her clients physically healthier and also mentally sharper for years to come. So welcome, Dr. Louise. I am so excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. It's such an important topic. And I know you're so passionate about what you do. You also focus on, you know, brain support exercises to stimulate the brain. So I'm excited to jump in. But I first want to ask you, what was the trigger for you to switch from being in the chemistry world and being a professor to becoming a personal trainer, a bone fit instructor? supporting, you know, the health and wellness hands-on, one-to-one and in groups? That is a a great question. And I actually love answering this. Um, I mean, I am a millennial and I find a lot of us have uh, gone a certain way or they've gone the usual route. So I went and I did all my studies because a little bit my family told me to and a little bit I liked I've always liked science so science is always my start um, in a lot of the things that I do Um, and I love to teach so I was I was a professor I was teaching for a few years Um, but as I was doing my PhD I I met uh, one of my friends and he actually created a workout program for me 
And so I started going more to the gym. I've always been really active, but by then I started going more and more to the gym, particularly because my PhD was really stressful. So I needed to figure out a way to release that stress and feel better. And as I was um, going to the gym, I saw a flyer to become a personal trainer. There was a personal training course. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that to try and see uh, if I can learn something and, and hopefully train myself. And then I finished my PhD and I started teaching um, at, at UFT, the University of Toronto. Um, and I decided to also be a personal trainer on the side. So I ended up um, at uh, the Miles Nadal uh, Jewish Community Center downtown in downtown Toronto. And um, I, I started training and I really loved I found I thought that training people was actually very similar to what I was doing, the research I was doing. Uh, you know, I would get a client. It's like the the problem or somebody that I need to try and help. And then I would go through the scientific method to help them. Um, feel better or, or, you know, get if they have knee pain, how do I fix that? If they have shoulder pain, how do I fix that? Um, and I randomly ended up teaching a class for older adults. Um, it was quite challenging at the beginning and I really loved it. I love the people and I've been doing this ever since. And uh, last year I decided that that's what I wanted to do. And that's that was the main thing that I wanted to do. So I quit my job and I started full-time with Neuromotion. Amazing. I love hearing everybody's story, how they make a major switch. And a lot of times, yeah, it's when we bring that, whatever that, you know, skill is or profession into practice for ourselves because we need it. And it sounds like you notice the benefits and then it just grew from there. And I'm curious, what were some of the challenges of working with those older individuals? Because some of them may apply to us as we're getting a, as we're getting older in the perimenopausal and menopausal world. Absolutely. Working, I mean, I, I work mostly with uh, individuals seven years um, old or older, um, but I strongly believe that the exercise principles are very much the same. You just need to have some slight adaptations. Um, for example, if you're training somebody um, a little bit older, but by a little bit older, I mean, it can start in your 40s, right? You want as as soon as you get into your late 30s and, and early 40s, you want to change a little bit how you work out or how you move because your body is changing. And um, so you you don't want to just focus on crazy cardio or trying to run as fast as you can for as long as you can. Um, hit high interval, um, high intensity interval training can be good as well. But if you're already stressed in your life, sometimes it puts extra stress on your body. And for some people, it doesn't work as well. So it's about finding really what works for you. Um, what do you like? And not just focusing on the primary components of fitness, like just, you know, strength training, for example, but also focusing on the secondary components, for example, focusing on balance, focusing on brain training. Um, and that will give you a little bit more of a, a complete workout that you can keep using. You can start in your 40s, but you can keep using that until uh, I mean, I have one of my clients is 89 years old, and I, I use all of those principles with her as well. Wow. So I, I have found my body 
with all the changes it's been going through over the last, you know, decade, I have had to modify how I work out. I used to be a bit more intense, a bit more jumping, but then I got plantar fasciitis and, you know, <laughs> my joints would hurt a little bit more. I need to spend more time on warming up and stretching and mobility. So I'm sure we're going to talk all about this, but I love that you bring into the balance, the brain training, because it's so key to focus on those areas as we age. And can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what's the brain training? So brain training, there is a lot um, that has been learned and a lot that has changed um, in the past like 20, 25 years um, in the field of neuroscience. I, I I did my undergrad in neuroscience, I guess, in the early 2000s-ish. And um, so I I learned a little bit of that at the beginning, but since then, there's been tremendous changes. One of the major ones that I I think is really important for exercise is that the brain is plastic, meaning that the brain can regenerate or you can create new connections between the, the brain cells, your neurons, and that actually allows the brain to regenerate, allows you to learn new things and keep learning as you get older. And this is so important when it comes to exercise, because what it tells you is that throughout your life, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always learn something new. You can use exercise and movement to make not just your body feel better, but also your brain. And um, obviously, that has uh, huge um, effects or impact on uh, dementia and, and, you know, all of the neurodegenerative diseases that um, where you have dementia, like Parkinson's and and Alzheimer's disease. So by what I found fascinating is by using exercise, you can actually help um, either prevent Um, dementia for people who don't necessarily have it or help mitigate the effects. Um, And this is something that's so important to me because my grandmother died of Alzheimer's like a few years ago and and there are her sister died of it as well. So I want to make sure that I do what I can for myself. I'm also training my mom and doing a lot of brain training with my mom to make sure that we can all live as long and healthy lives as possible. I'm so sorry for your um, losses. And, you know, it's great when you turn something like that into helping others and, you know, helping other people with their brain health. And I really like that you talked about kind of doing, you know, exercise to strengthen our brain. A lot of times I see patients come to me and they're doing kind of the same workouts day in and day out, right? And what do you have to say about that? Um, That is not me. Uh, <laughs> I think um, why is that not beneficial too. Yeah, <laughs> it's first of all I get bored really easily. So mm. if I do work out, I want to make sure I I like routines, but I get bored easily. So for my own practice, I want to make sure that I I do some things that are consistent, but there's always a little bit of a change and. Um, for my clients, I think I, I also attract a lot of clients that, um, you know, they have busy lives, they have they have a lot of responsibilities at work or, you know, in their family. And uh, they they don't really want to think about what they need to do when they're working out. They just want to come and, and have a good time. But they also don't want it to be the same time, the same thing every time. 
Um, so what I like to do, obviously, over the years, I've figured out how to tweak certain exercises to make it look like it's a different exercise, but it's kind of the same, but it's still different. Um, for example, if we're doing a squat or a sit to stand, you can you can just do that sit and stand and sit and stand, or you can do some pulses. It's basically the same exercises, but you do it slightly differently. Um, and to me, that is the, the trick or um, and, and something that is so important um, when training people because you you we need variety. And that goes not just for the physical, but for the brain as well. Our brain gets used to things really quickly. So being able to provide varied um, exercise programs or varied exercises will actually prevent Alzheimer's and will help us with our neuroplasticity or will help us with our brain, making sure that we keep our brains as healthy as we can for as long as we can. Amazing. Yeah, very important point there. Thanks for sharing. And then looking at specifically like perimenopausal women, how does exercise benefit us? Like I know we hear all, you know, exercise is good to prevent heart health. People kind of tune out once they start to hear the benefits of exercise because they're like, yeah, 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 I've heard it before. <laughs> but what are the major benefits that you find in, in this demographic of perimenopausal women physically and mentally? Absolutely. I I will start with the fact that there's not a lot of support for perimenopausal women in general in society. Um, and you've talked about that in your podcast as well. So um, I'm not going to cover that, but um, it, I think it's really important to target those people as well um, to make sure that, uh, you know, I can provide the best care for them as well and offer the best services for them um, as well. Um, so in perimenopause and then during menopause as well, there's so many changes that are happening to your body and to your brain. And um, exercise will actually um, help you with some of the symptoms of uh, perimenopause. Um, so by exercising, you're actually able to feel a bit better physically. Obviously, you can't get rid of all the symptoms. Um, but by working out consistently um, and carefully making sure that, you know, you're not getting injured, um, you can reduce some of the symptoms. You can reduce if you have pains. Um, you can also learn as your body is changing, you're you're becoming more aware of your body and you're you're getting to know your body again as it changes. And that to me is is very important. The awareness that you have um, for your body or with your body so that you can keep, you know, growing um, and, and keep moving forward, making sure that you're taking as good care of your body um, as you can. And another important aspect or another important benefit of exercise is the, the mental aspect, right? Uh, in perimenopause and menopause, you can have brain, brain fog or your, your anxiety can go up and exercise will definitely help with that. So the, the side effects or the, the good side effects of exercise will help with um, some of the not so good uh, effects of perimenopause. Totally agree. If I don't exercise, yeah, I definitely don't sleep as well. So it can benefit, you know, sleep. I have more aches and pains in the body. Like if you're exercising 
properly for your body, which is where, you know, Dr. Louise comes in when you see a trainer one-on-one to make sure you're moving specifically in ways that are right for you. If I don't move or exercise, I'm more sore. My neck's sore, my back's sore, I'm all achy. And then, yeah, the mood boosting, anxiety reducing effects are like phenomenal. So, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I think we used to think, yeah, we have to work out, you know, for an hour a day, five to six days a week. I think this might take us to some of the misconceptions about exercise, because I see so many women come to me, they're working out five or six days a week, super intense, not having rest days doing hit, which you addressed, Mm -hmm. you know, can really amplify stress symptoms. So what Mm -hmm. are some of the common misconceptions about exercising and aging that you encounter in your work? Yes. So um, some of the misconception, one is that, uh, you know, that no pain, no gain. Um, That is not necessarily true. You don't need to be sore to have a good workout. You don't need to to be completely exhausted to have a good workout. And this becomes so much more important as you the older you get, the more important that is. Uh, partly because as we get older, our heart rates can't go as high. So you also don't want to push too hard because you know if you're in your 70s and 80s, you you can't go all out, you know, running like crazy um, because that's one of the best ways of your heart giving out. So you want to make sure that you're um, helping your body feel better, uh, not making it worse uh, for your body. So definitely you want to go a little slower. Um, You want to make sure that you are working in high intensity, but it doesn't have to be super high. Um, And I find that Working with a trainer, like I, I work with a trainer for that reason as well, because I can't for myself, I have trouble gauging how much intensity I need. Um, and that's that's where my trainer becomes um, so, so important. Um, another misconception is that you're too old to start. You know, if you've never worked out um, in your life uh, today, tomorrow, anytime you start, it's going to be to be great for you. And there are more and more examples of people who have never worked out and up until, you know, their 60s or 70s, and then they start moving. They don't necessarily have to go to the gym, but they start moving or they start working with a trainer. And uh, everything, everything changes, everything, they feel better, they look better. Um, There is an amazing woman actually from Toronto. Um, Her Instagram is called train with Joan. And she has like, millions I think one point something million uh, followers on Instagram she is in her 70s or 80s she lost her husband um a few years ago and her daughter is actually into bodybuilding so when she lost her husband she started training with her daughter and she now looks phenomenal she goes to the gym her I highly suggest you check out her Instagram she is one of my inspirations because I if I can be like her when you know I get to my 70s and 80s this is uh where I want to go but she had never she had never worked out um her entire life and then she started and now she's amazing and she helps other people getting into working out another example is my mom she was active when she was young but then she worked her entire life without really taking good care of her body um retired at 65 I actually, I don't know how, but I convinced her to start working with me. Um, and she, we've been working together for about four years now. And 
she feels so much better. Her her brain or her mind is is working much better. Uh, she's lost some weight. She's moving tremendously better. And I think that um, you know the benefit on the body and the brain um, is is so important because then you are able to live the life that you want to. So inspiring. Yeah, we'll have to share a train with Joan, I think you said was the Instagram handle. And yeah, it's never too late. You said there's no pain, no gain. That's a common misconception. Yeah, I find it takes sometimes a little bit longer for me to recover from exercises. And I try to mix it up and do it mindfully so that yeah, I'm aware of my body. But if I do like a different workout, which I like to inject at least once a week, a different one that's like completely different than what I normally do. Yeah, I do feel Mm -hmm. aches and pains and different areas and I need you know that rest and recovery day for sure Mm -hmm. and I I I find also having a program that is um holistic or that targets every part of the body is also important it doesn't have to be you know the whole body every day but throughout your week or every couple weeks you want to make sure that you hit all of the different parts particularly the core and you know your bum muscles that are so important for you know standing upright or for balance as well um as we get older if we do the same sport for example um or if we 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 tend to move in similar ways um even at the gym we do just the exercises that we like to do or we just focus on yoga or we just do um one thing Whatever you do is great. However, if you can uh, cross train, that's what we call it, um, do something slightly different and make sure that you work out every part of your body, um, you will be able to to be more balanced overall and and, um, hopefully feel less pain as well. So true. Yeah. And you brought up a good point with your mom. So a lot of women, you know, in perimenopause, they may be in that sandwich generation where they're caring for kids and aging adults. And it's like, oh, their time is really stretched and limited. Like how can people who aren't currently fitting exercise into their daily routines, how can they while they're juggling all the other things? There are so many different ways that you can do that. I mean, first of all, it's hard when you have a full plate and when you're tired all the time. Um, I, I can see how just having to fit one more thing in your schedule um, is is really difficult. And, and you know, even just starting um, is can be quite difficult. My suggestion, at least to start with, um, do the little things, you know, take the stairs instead of taking the the elevator. Um, If you go grocery shopping, park all the way at the end of the parking lot. So you do have to walk a little bit more. Walking is great for you, right? So um, the more you get to walk, um, the better. Take your kids for a walk. Um, if, you know, um, they will get tired as well, hopefully. Um, And then you get your exercise in there. Uh, While you're brushing your teeth, squeeze your bum. Um, That is a little bit of... um, bum workout that you can do um, (laughs) as as you're doing that so there's there's lots of little things you know when when you're cooking I I find it hard to stand up for a a long time so I sometimes do squats or I I do some knee ups as I'm cooking or as I'm going from you know one uh, spot in my in my place um, to the other Um, another thing I will say is if you are doing a lot of activities inside the house, like cleaning the house, doing laundry, 
anything you're doing in your house, this actually counts as exercise as well. So don't discount that. Hopefully you have, you know, a partner that can help you with that. But, you know, if you're doing it anyway, um, to me, I I don't necessarily am, I'm not a, a fan of cleaning, but now I know it's like, okay, well, at least I'm getting my exercise when I'm doing it. So sometimes, you know, when I'm scrubbing, I scrub a little bit harder so that I get my heart rate up a little bit higher. Great recommendations, <laughs> all things we can incorporate into our day-to-day to get our movement in for sure. Thank you. Um, and then what are like certain types of exercises or workouts that are particularly beneficial for, you know, us in this perimenopausal age? So for that, it depends a lot on the people as well. Um, I will say the best type of workout for you is the one that you're able to do and the one that you like doing. Different people like different things. Like I know people who love going to the gym, for example. And they, you know, they do that and they're happy. I personally have been going and and taking some circus classes. So I've done circus arts for a while. And I I love that because it's it incorporates a little bit more fun than just going to work out. Uh, Some people love to run. You can, you know, go running and there are ways to make the running um, a little bit more difficult or increase intensity or decrease intensity if you want to do that. Um, So overall is whatever type of exercise that works for you. Um, That being said, um, if you're thinking about specifically perimenopause and as you're getting older, um, obviously muscle strengthening. So weight training is very important because we do lose muscle uh, as we age. Um, Bone strengthening is very important because by the time um, women hit menopause, about 40% of us will develop osteoporosis. So we want to make sure that we're keeping our bones as strong as we can. Uh, And there are different ways of um, exercising or doing specific exercises to improve um, muscle, uh, sorry, bone strength or uh, bone density. Um, And any type of um, lighter types of exercises so they don't you don't need to go high intensity um anything lower intensity um that works also on flexibility for example yoga and pilates is also really good um as you get older you need to also be a little bit careful with yoga depending on how bendy you need to be um sometimes it it can be a little bit difficult if you're just starting out but it's like everything you, you know if you haven't worked out in a while um or at all you want to start relatively slow cuz you don't necessarily know what your body is able to do um but once you once you get going then you're able to add a little bit more to your workout programs um, I'm saying that specifically because I, I work with a lot of people that uh, have osteoporosis and um, you, you do want to be there are contraindications with osteoporosis. Um, but if you've been moving your entire life, um, it's just a matter of, of modifying things slightly. So it, it doesn't mean that you, you have to stop doing you know, any type of movement or you have to be really scared about the type of movement you can do. Um, it's more about figuring out how you can live with it to minimize the risk of fracture or to minimize the risk of injury. And that goes you know, for anybody, really. Um, the types of workouts that you want to do um, 
is whatever works for you, whatever makes you feel good and whatever gets you to your goal. So if you, as you're getting older, um, you were losing balance a little bit or balance gets worse. So you want to, we want to do a little bit more balance training. Uh, maybe we want to do a little bit more brain training. Maybe we just want to focus on muscle strength. Maybe we, we want to add a little bit of uh, bone building uh, exercises. So those are all different types of exercises that can be good for for people with um, or going through perimenopause and menopause. Amazing. So yeah, I love that. The best workout is the one you're going to do. And then the next level is, yeah, individualizing it, having the variety, really bringing in the strength training. Because, you know, when we were younger, right, exercise was going to the gym and going on the cardio machine for 40 to 60 minutes. Like Mm -hmm. there's no strength training involved. And we're now realizing the importance of, yeah, body weight and free weights and full body movements. So I love that there's so many options. And yeah, I've realized too, like I actually have a floater in my eye. So I, I was told by my eye doctor, not to do like downward dog. And I was doing downward dog every day, sometimes holding it for two minutes. And just that extra, I guess, pull of gravity was not great for my retina and my eyes. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. we do have to start changing things as we age. So there's different, you know, everything's individualized looking at, I'm sure you look at just like a naturopath do, you know, health history, previous injuries, mm-hmm. um, and current health status. So all amazing points there. Absolutely. Um, I will also ask or or add that um, going to your doctor regularly and just asking them, particularly if you are starting to work out and work out a little bit more, uh, checking with your doctor and making sure that you're doing everything that, you know, they think you should be doing and then going back to your trainer um, and and letting them know what they said is is very important. Um, I there are some gaps in terms of, you know, your GP and, and what they can do in terms of movement. Um, but this is why you want to try and, and get your trainer and your GP to work together so that you can get as much information as possible and get a, a, a personalized program if you can. So true. Yeah. And we're hearing a lot about, yeah, flexibility, mobility. Can you touch on a little bit about like when, like what should a warm up be like? When should we stretch? What are some, you know, mobility training things to consider? Because this kind of is a, the mobility training especially is, is new for a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought, you know, you just do static stretching before you work out, maybe a little bit after, but is there sort of a flow or sequence that you kind of recommend in terms of stretching, mobility, warm up, et cetera? Absolutely. So this is another thing that has been changing quite a bit in in the last few years or a few decades. Um, Mobility has become tremendously important as as we age and mobility and flexibility work together. Um, Mobility has to do with muscles and how much we are able to move our our muscles. Um, And then flexibility has to do with uh, more on on the joints, so including the ligaments and the the tendons, but basically is how flexible and how mobile, how how you're able to move your uh, joints and your body in space. Um, Now, in general, um, when you are starting, so in general, a warm-up is very, very important and becomes more and more important as you age. Um, I'm training my 60 and 70 year old and older clients. And when I do that, I warm them up for about 20 to 25 minutes 
for a uh, one hour session. So obviously there is, um, it's not like a, a super easy warm up. Like we work through a whole bunch of things and then we do a lot of activations as well. Um, for example, like, you know, preparing the core, making sure that your bum is working properly for your exercises. Uh, but the warm up is really important. What you want to do or what you can do in a warm up is um, there are different uh, objectives for a warm up. One, you want to get your uh, body temperature up. You also want to prepare your body for your workout. And you want to make sure that your body is ready to move and ready to perform some of the exercises that you want to do later. Now, in order to do that, you do need that mobility and flexibility that we talked about. And one of the best ways of doing that is by doing uh, dynamic stretches. So the stretches that we're used to is just, you know, you put your leg on a chair and then you try and reach for your toes and that stretches the back of your leg. Um, we've been doing that forever and it's a great stretch, but I would suggest to do that at the end of a workout. So this is a static stretch. This will tend to um, reduce the excitement in the muscles. So it'll calm the muscles down, which is great to do at, at the end of a workout when you've, you know, you've worked hard and you want to make sure that you're trying to release as much as you can. But if you want to make sure that you, you're getting ready to exercise, then you need to get a little bit more blood flow into your muscles and you need to make sure that they are able to move. So what you would do for that, on the other hand, is uh, dynamic stretches. So you could do some knee ups, for example. So you start standing, you lift one knee up and then the other knee up and you keep doing that for a little bit. This is a little bit more, you know, you're moving, it's it's dynamic. You're getting your, your knees and your hips ready to move. Um, and then once you're done a little bit of that, you're going to get try and get your heel to your bum. Same thing, doing like alternating your feet and, and keep doing that for a little bit. So that makes your, your knees and your hips a little bit ready. It brings the blood flow to your legs and then you'll be able to perform your, if you want to do squats, for example, you'll be able to perform your squats uh, much better than if you were just statically stretching your muscles because that tends to put them to sleep. So always focusing on um, trying to get as much blood flow and as much movement in your warm up as possible. It doesn't have to be uh, um, bringing the heart rate uh, super high. You do want to bring the heart rate a little bit high, but um, you you just want to make sure that your body is ready to move. What I like to do uh, for my warm-ups is I tend to start from the head and then I go all the way down to the toes and I do dynamic stretches for every part of the body. So starting with the head, then going down to the shoulders, a little bit of the elbows and the hands, going down to the trunk, the hips, the bum, the legs, and then the lower legs and the and the feet. So I, I do a little bit of that. Um, I, I have some uh, classes that I teach that are on YouTube as well. Um, so we can also link that um, so that people can have a, a look about a general warm up uh, that I like to do. And I, I, I find that this is a great warm up and I give it like I do it myself. I'm 38. Um, but I give it to my older clients as well. And it works for, for pretty much anybody, just if you want to get moving or, or get your body ready for the day as well.
That's so helpful. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I got to warm up because I think a lot of people in their 20s, early 30s are used to just jumping into the workout, but that's where you can get injured, right? And you're not going to be activating necessarily the muscles and you can not be doing the movements correctly. So it's a bit of time investment, but it sounds like you'll definitely get a bigger return on investment. And I love that starting from the head and working your way down to the feet. I think that's so important. And I find it's, it's, it's the easiest way for me to not forget something. <laughs> uh, obviously, I have different options for different, you know, uh, body parts or muscles. Um, and then I can alternate between them. And then same thing, like if somebody has knee pain, you might want to focus a little bit more on the legs uh, or the leg muscles. Um, if somebody has shoulder pain, there's like more exercises that you can do. Again, working with a trainer will will help you figure that out or there's lots of um resources available on youtube as well uh, that you can you can check out but yeah i i've I've also noticed uh in in the past 20 years the way i work out like yeah in my early 20s i could you know just start and do whatever anytime and i could be i would be able to move uh, no problem now if i'm working out like i do need to warm up and i will never start a workout uh without without warming up I agree. I do. Maybe five, 10 minutes, sometimes a bit longer, but it does feel really good. Right. And then when I am working out, I feel like, oh yeah, there's my glutes, they're firing better. Oh, my exactly. abs are engaged. It's yeah. You feel like the movements are easier as well. And then for people that are kind of starting out, is there any sort of home equipment they can start out with? And then obviously join some of your online classes, but like, what's a good way to get started? Do you think? One of the best ways now, I think, one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is that people now know that it's possible to work out at home with minimal equipment. Uh, not that they have to do it, not that they want to do it, but it's possible. So if you want to get started, you just need your body. And um, I I do teach different classes as well. I teach different levels. Um, I, I have a um, a chair workout. So I have some people that have limited mobility. So we do an entire workout, you know, sitting down with potentially minimal standing. Um, but that is definitely an option. I have people that, you know, I get them to roll around on the floor because that seems to be super easy, but it can be very hard um, and, and very challenging. So if you're just starting, um, just get your body and figure out different body, uh, weight exercises that you can do. Um, I, not, not to get too specific, but, um, I, because I've, I I train people to become personal trainers as well. So I, I, I get people through certification programs. Um, but through that program, basically what we do is uh, we're teaching trainers that there are five different movement patterns. Um, and I find that this is also really useful for people to know, right? Uh, our bodies, the human body can move in five different ways. And then the rest is pretty much a combination of those fives. And the fives are a squat. So that's a sit to stand, uh, a lunge. So when you get one leg back and you kneel down on the floor, uh, a hinge, whenever you're hinging forward to pick up something. So hinging at the hips. Um, and then you have the push and the pull in your arms. Um, and so if you're not sure what to do, 
pick one of the five exercises of the five movement patterns um, and start with that. You know, you can start with a squat, you can do some push-ups, um, different options. You can do some pulls are a little bit harder to do without weights, um, but it, it can be done relatively easily if you're lying down on the floor and you're trying to pass. Um, I was actually working out with my mom today and we didn't have equipment. So we got a book, like a tiny book, and I got her to lie down on the floor and she would pass the book behind her back and that will work out your shoulders and your back. And it's just, you know, minimal equipment. Um, and it it's still really a really good exercise for posture and making sure that you're uh, working on some muscle uh, muscles that you may not be working um, in your day to day. Oh, yeah, I haven't heard those five categories. I guess I try to do exercises from each subconsciously or the workouts that I do do it. But that's so cool to have it laid out in those five categories. This has been so beneficial. You've shared so much practical information our listeners can incorporate. Is there anything else you want to share before we move to the next part of the podcast? I I think just find find what you like and do what you like. F get a friend. I have lots of people working out with friends. Like get a buddy and um, figure out something that you like to do together. Um, and I, one of my favorite things to do is to go on walks with my friends. Um, and I actually do that also uh, in as networking opportunities. Like when I want to meet somebody uh, for work, I would be like, well, I, I, you know, I go on walks sometimes. Would you want to go and, you know? half an hour just we're going around the block a little bit more difficult to do in Toronto in the winter that being said I I, I walk outside in Toronto year-round so I just make sure that I have uh, appropriate clothes and it's um, it will it will make a lot of a difference um, there's also lots and lots of different groups on Facebook if you're um, looking for you know a community or, or people to to exercise or to move with um, lots of options uh, particularly the neighborhood groups are are phenomenal for that oh yeah such great tips thank you yeah I'm a all-year walker as well and I heard a good quote there's no bad weather just bad clothing so you can have a hundred percent different layers or yeah umbrella uh, stuff like that but thank you so I, much Dr. Louise how can people connect with you how can they reach you how can they work with you um, I am on the internet. Uh, my website is neuromotionwellness.com. Um, I am on LinkedIn as well, uh, Dr. Louise Perichou. Um, I am on Facebook, same thing, uh, and on Instagram at uh, louise.neuromotion. And um, I do have a newsletter for whoever is interested. So if you're interested, feel free to send me an email at uh, louise at neuromotionwellness.com um, to sign up to the newsletter. I share uh, on a weekly basis information for anybody um, 50 years old uh, or older, um, anything that has to do with fitness. And I am slowly but surely getting more and more into uh, menopause and perimenopause uh, information. Amazing. So we'll share all of that contact info and yeah, join one of Dr. Louise's 
one-to-one or group online training sessions. I think you're going to love it. I want to check out one of those as well. So thank you for that. And we'll move to the next part of the podcast. So I'll share share my super mom moment. Um, So my son, it's actually his birthday today. Stuart is turning seven. Um, And for the past few years, well, I guess ever since he was young, we've either done a party at home or we did a couple at different parks with different activities. It was great, but it was a lot of work, a lot of prep, a lot of teardown, a lot of mental exhaustion, just planning and organizing. So this year, he said he wanted to have a party at Chuck E. Cheese. He'd never been there, but I guess he heard his friends talking about it. So we decided to have it there. And it was way better than I remember as a kid. Like, I think I had fun, but I remember being, it was dark. I felt like it was closed in. It was just too loud, but they had such a great, it was organized so well. We had such a great woman helping us out with the party so we did that yesterday at Chuck E. Cheese with six of his friends and he had a blast and we had a blast too so I was super relaxed I didn't have to mentally plan everything it was all taken care of so I think we might do things like that moving forward although they were injected with a lot of sugar but what are you going to do <laughs> and I know that sounds like a pretty good day have, <laughs> yeah they had a great day but wow they were running around like crazy um and I know I think you have a super niece moment to share Dr. Louise? I do. I, uh, I'm i currently actually home visiting family and uh, my aunt who is currently, she just turned 90, I guess that was last year in, in the summer, uh, 90 years old. Um, I actually um, went on a walk with her yesterday um, throughout the, the, the village where I'm from because she wanted to show me a specific tree uh, it's called a narrow cassia or something. I don't know. It's it's I do not know. We are in Switzerland and that tree comes from South America. So I'm not sure how it got here. And it's huge. Um, but I went on a walk with my aunt and we chatted a little bit. Um, I asked her about her exercise routine because I gave her some exercises um, a couple of months ago and she's been doing her exercises. So the exercises I gave her are similar to the, the warm up that I mentioned um, earlier. So she does she does the, the warm up, which takes her about 10 to 15 minutes every day now. She's starting to feel better. Her back used to hurt her a little bit. So now she's feeling a little bit better. She's gaining a little bit of mobility. So um, it was actually great to uh, spend time with her and being able to chat and uh, and answer all of the questions that she had about the the tree from South America because she 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 doesn't know how to use the internet but she always asks me to go and and look things up so I gave her as much information as I could I love that. That's amazing that she is moving better because of you. You know, she's able to take you to see that special tree and share that moment. So it just shows you how exercise can help you enjoy life into your 90s and beyond and have different Mm -hmm. and new experiences. So thank you. Um, I'll share my mama mess up. So this tags on to what I just talked about for my super mom moment. So normally I'm like Mm -hmm. super planner, super lists for, you know, Stuart's birthday parties or different events. And this year I was just like, oh, it's all taken care of. Um, so I got to Chuck E. Cheese and I was like, oh, I forgot to bring the hand sanitizer. And, you know, they're touching all the video games. They don't have the ball pit anymore. There is a washroom, mm. but getting them to go wash their hands was, you know, probably going to be a challenge. But luckily my sister hadn't <laughs> yeah. arrived. So I uh, texted her and she brought some. So I was like, okay, well, I was super relaxed mm-hmm. about it. But luckily we had hand sanitizer in the end. 
Um, and then what is your, or what is your must have right now? I'll share my mama must have in a moment, but what's something you're totally loving right now that's making your life better that, you know, helps with your health. What are you into Dr. Louise? So I actually, uh, my birthday was in December. Uh, but while, um, December was really busy. Um, so my mom actually wanted to give me a birthday gift. And, uh, so she bought it, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it's actually a smartwatch, uh, Garmin smartwatch. And, uh, as I got back home, I finally was able to, uh, start using the watch and I, I set it all up yesterday and uh, I am now connected. But what I really love about the watch is that it gives me a lot of information about my health. Um, my, I get my heart rate uh, figured out all the time. I can figure out how much um, oxygen is in my blood, which I really like. Uh, it tracks my steps and it tells me when to move. This is one of my favorite things. Um, if I sit for too long, uh, it will tell me to get up and stretch my legs, um, which I really like. Um, so I, I'm not sure about how I feel about being connected to my phone. I think I need to turn off the notifications because I don't necessarily need to have that on my wrist all the time. But everything that has to do with uh, health is is really good to have on my wrist. And I can't wait. Apparently, there are workouts that I can do with my watch. So I will uh, see how that goes. But I've been using it for a day and a half now. And I really love it. So cool. Yeah, I have the aura ring. So it tracks similar things. And it's so fascinating. Like I don't think like I'm obsessed about it, but it's just nice to check things at the end of the day. And I even read an article about health trackers in the Globe and Mail. It's, it was in the Saturday paper and it was talking about all the mm-hmm. benefits and how even someone's arrhythmia was picked up early um, in time so that they were able to get treatment before it got worse. So there's some really good things that can pick up on. But yeah, I know this isn't you, but some people then can become so obsessed about, you know, some of the numbers, but I think it's such a cool tool. So I this love is- that. I think the the geek and the scientist in me was like, oh my god, numbers! I want to I want to <laughs> totally. get all the numbers, and then I I can't wait to you know to wear it about for for about a month to kind of see what what happens. I I do draw the line at at the sleeping. I I kind of I would like to know a little bit more about how I'm sleeping, but I don't want to sleep with my watch. So I. I, I did draw for now I, I drew the line at, at sleeping so I, I removed my watch at night but I try and wear it as much as I can during the day to to get uh, as much data at least for now but it that might also be something that I will start wearing only when I work out and when I I, I start moving more uh, but we'll see I'm excited to see how it goes though. Uh, and I think it's so useful. I heard a quote, it's still a workout, even if you're not wearing your Apple watch or insert your tracker name there. But I, I do like to wear 100% most of the day, actually, <laughs> I wear it all the time, but I put it on airplane mode when I sleep. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. so fascinating. My, um, my mama must have is very low tech. So Stuart, he's having showers now and he, you know, invariably would get shampoo in his eyes and it would really sting. And I actually saw this weird thing you can put on kids' heads that kind of is like a cone around their hairline so you can just wash their hair, but we never got that. But he's the one that thought about wearing his swim goggles in the shower. So he puts those on when he washes hair and then he takes them off after. So very low tech, but effective to prevent those. That is so smart. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes, that's my mama must have. Um, but thanks again, Dr. Louise. We'll share all of your information in our show notes. I'm going to share what's happening. So Dr. Tony has some online self self-hypnosis sessions coming up to support your health and hormones in 2024. We'll share the link in the show notes and you can use the code MAMA2024 for a special deal. And thank you everybody for listening today. You can email us or, or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love you to subscribe, leave us a review at a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. You can also support us by visiting our Patreon page. Please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay safe and healthy, everybody. Until next time. Bye, Dr. Louise. Bye. Thank you so much for having me.